Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast, where a movie review podcast comes your way every Saturday, whether you are ready for it or not. Most of you probably are not. Uh, help us out in our quest for total world domination. All you got to do is go over to wherever you found us, hit the like, subscribe button, the star rating, give us a review. All that stuff helps us get found. Other like-minded folks like you and they can the Freak Show family. We'll tell you later how you can uh, write into us and uh, we'll read your stuff later on Igor's Mailbag. The Hopefully when they're uh, doing all this liking, subscribing, giving us a review, they don't catch any viruses dun, on their dun, computers. Dun. I see what you did there. <laughs> that might be a segue, but first we got to introduce ourselves. These are the internet radio superstars. Michaela, Holly, John, and I'm Colin. And tonight we watched a movie that was chosen by Holly. Holly, what do we watch tonight? Uh, tonight we watched a movie called virus. My God. From the year 1999. Of our Lord and Savior. Uh, directed by <laughs> John Bruno. The fuck is that? Uh, you wouldn't know him as a director from anything, but you would know him for his work on visual effects. He has done visual effects for movies like Poltergeist, Ghostbusters, Fright Night, The Abyss, Terminator 2, uh, Cliffhanger, Batman Returns, True Lies, Titanic. Uh, not, Alien, not know him Alien as a director. Uh, yeah. He directed. Uh, T2 3D. Did he? Uh, yeah. Battle across <laughs> time. The, I have so uh, many more questions now, knowing he's a visual <laughs> effects guy. Only the oh, third best Terminator um, movie. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> have you sure, seen it? Come on. No, I'm how sure do you Kyle, see it? I'm, Don't you have I'm, to go I'm to, sure. wasn't it like an IMAX thing in a theme park? It's uh, it's at the ride, the theme park, but it is on yeah. YouTube. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sure Colin appreciated his work on Avatar. We all know how much he loves Avatar. <laughs> Colin's favorite movie. Uh, Michaela, you'd appreciate his work on Twilight, Breaking Dawn one and two. Is that, I that I can't appreciate. Right, we've been watching those a lot lately. So. Likes the Twilight movies. <laughs> um, he did he did direct a little uh, Star Trek Voyager, which uh, I don't know if you could tell by watching insane. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Was that after this movie that he directed the Voyager? I think so. From nineteen, from like ninety eight to two thousand five, he directed him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He also did way back, way way back in the day. He did the. Uh, if any of you are familiar with the movie Heavy Metal, the oh, yeah, uh, Heavy Metal. cartoon. Yeah. He did the yeah, opening did with the the soft landing segment. It was him and another guy. I think that was probably like one of his earliest, you know, dealios. Probably before moving yeah. into visual effects. So he worked with James Cameron a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know if we can tell that. I mean, maybe if you look at like the technical credits on this movie, Galen Heard, which is James Cameron's former wife and longtime producer, produced this movie. Um, this guy, John Bruno, he turned down the opportunity to do the special effects for Titanic so he could come and do his first directorial uh, debut. That's right. So, Good move. <laughs> but, he did. He did. He did work on Titanic, but he was. I don't think he was the supervisor. I think that's that was the line. But he didn't get to like head it up or something like. I think he did work on it a little bit. Yeah. Did Titanic win the special effects Oscar? 
Ooh, good question. Uh, I don't I'm going to bet it did. Know. I'm going to look it up. But, I feel uh, like that's the thing I heard talked about the most about that movie when it came out, was that how realistic everything looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. How yeah. groundbreaking it was, you know? Yeah. That Visual word effects. got thrown around a lot. Which back then, I I think it was. I think mm-hmm. it was pretty impressive, yeah. Jesus, it won fucking everything. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It was special a, effects, yes. I remember, it was a huge deal, Titanic. Uh, John Bruno is an Academy Award winner for visual effects. He won for uh, The Abyss. Yeah. As he should. Yeah. Uh, a lot of similarities, maybe, between The Abyss and this movie we'll talk about. So, Virus, um, yeah, Sean, I thought this was going to be an outer space movie. I thought so, too. I always thought of this as an outer space movie. Why did you think it was an outer space movie? Well, the goddamn poster says it's an outer space movie. <laughs> what are you talking about? It says on there, well, it's in, in uh, space. It's in outer can... space. It doesn't say nothing about ships. <laughs> I was very disappointed. I thought this was going to be in space. It would make a lot more sense for this to take place in outer space. I mean, it's basically in outer space. It's just the, um, you know, it's the undersea is the outer space of uh, Earth. Right. That, that a, makes it's sense, It's a right? spaceship. It's yeah, a haunted, yeah. the haunted spaceship movie, it's right? A ship. It, yeah. The ghost ship storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Where you Every discover, other ship movie came to mind while watching this movie. I know, Deep but, Rising, Ghost right? Ship. I was going to say, if you didn't automatically think of Deep Rising, then I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, because yeah. th- that, uh, I think that was, remember, that was that was the year before this, right? Yeah, it was. With Treat Williams? Uh, and Treat Williams and Famke Jensen. Yeah. yeah. Roger... Roger Ebert famously talked about this movie by saying it's Deep Rising, which was one of the worst movies of two th- of uh, 1998, yeah. and this was by far worse. <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis apparently didn't like this movie too much either. She uh, was quoted as saying, "What'd she say about it?" it was like, <laughs> "Yeah, here I'll, I'll read it to you. <laughs> it's pretty funny." <laughs> it was in an IGN interview. She said. Rob Reiner, for his 40th birthday, had a bad show show business party where everybody brought show business clips that was their most terrible. Rob's was playing a hippie on Gomer Pyle, USMC, singing uh, Blowing in the Wind. Virus is so bad that it's shocking. That would be all the time. That would be the all time piece of shit. It's just dreadful. That's the only good reason to be in bad movies. Then when your friends have bad movie parties, you can say, ah, I've got the best one. I'm bringing virus. Wow. Bad movie party sounds awesome. We right? have that every it's Saturday night. What do you say? That's what, yeah, Sean, we live it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we live it but, every week. But with celebrities who are in the movies. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So uh, so she hates this movie. A lot of people yeah. also hated this movie. This movie didn't do well critically or uh, financially. It, possibly because it looked like you were saying deep rising, but like this was the period in time when it seemed like there were all these like haunted ship, haunted boat movies. Um, cause event what horizon, was event horizon? Yeah, that was like 97, right? Am I was, right? Yeah, on that? that was a little before this. Yeah. It's right around there. God damn. There's something else just like went through my head. It was like, it was, you know, deep rising and this and sphere. Let's not forget sphere. Yeah. Um, listen to our episode on sphere. That's right. <laughs> um, Listen to us go mad trying to figure out Sphere. <laughs> this one is a little easier to follow. I'll give you that than Sphere. Uh, probably because like there's really not much to it. This is it's billed as like a horror movie or a science fiction movie, but it's actually an action movie, right? Where the idea is to propel you as fast as possible through the plot, which is pretty predictable, right? To get you toward the big fiery explosive conclusion, 
Um, we got a cast of characters. Okay, so uh, I mean, there is a cold open, I guess, um, on this movie, right? Um, starts off with a Russian freighter. It's a science vessel, a ship out in the middle of uh, a typhoon, something, something. No, it isn't, right? It's not in the typhoon yet. Like, almost there, typhoon Leia or something like that. Right. And this ship is tasked with communicating with the Mir space station. Am I right on this? Yes. There's a bunch of Russian scientists. The only one that we may recognize is Joanna Pacula, right? Not related Mm -hmm. to Scott Bakula. Or Alan J. Pacula, director. <laughs> Pacula. Oh, yeah, Al Pula. Yeah. Um, we all know her, of course, from uh, Tombstone. Is that like her most favorite? If you're trying to put, put a face to her, Tombstone, she was. Let's, let's see. That's let's ask. Let's find out. Sean, do you, do you recognize her from Tombstone? Did you finish that movie? <laughs> I'm still not sure, Michaela. Oh my god. I'm not sure if you finished it. It was was a rough night, okay? I guess so. For listeners at home, Sean's been watching Tombstone in 10 minute increments for what? Since before quarantine. Since before quarantine. I thought you were going to say because it came out. No, I wouldn't recognize her anyway. Like, she (laughs) vaguely looks familiar, but it's because she probably looks like some other actress in a similar role at some point. I thought she was uh, Helena Bonham Carter there for a second. Hmm. I haven't seen her recently. Horror fans would know her from uh, an old movie that I still haven't seen called The Kiss. Warlock, Armageddon, the second Warlock movie. Uh, Steven Seagal movie. Uh, fans would know her from uh, Marked for Death. She was in that. So she's a Russian scientist on this. Polish lady playing Russian scientist. Uh, and they get blasted by an energy wave from space, from the mirror. What happens there? What, what What's going on here? Space cloud. Well, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they seem to. I, we don't entirely know what's happening, but we see them get like attacked by like bolts of lightning, or infiltrated by bolts of lightning. I don't know what the best. Bolts of lightning. These were still the cool bolts of lightning. These like were like the, the old like the purple, like the purple lightning. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like Palpatine shooting fucking lightning out of his hands coming from space. This is yeah. a good movie, lightning. Yeah, <laughs> this is the lightning that. Uh, this is the type of like explode. You know, it, the the energy wave that you get from uh, like your later day Star Trek Next Generation movies. That's what I was thinking. Or yeah. the, the, the reformatted um, Star Wars uh, endings where like the big energy wave comes out of the Death Star or Alderaan when they blow up. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, something has been transmitted in this energy uh, blast from space to the Russian ship. And uh, we don't see what happens. So then we have to cut to our main uh, cast. This is uh, a motley crew, would you say, that runs a small fishing vessel led by Donald it's Sutherland even, as the yeah, salty it's sea a, captain. It's, it's not a fishing vessel. It's a tugboat. Oh, that's right. That's right. They tug. Like a, uh, like a, yeah, it's like a freight hauler. Yeah. And that's what, the tow trucks of the ocean. Yes, that's exactly right. And this is, I mean... Donald Sutherland's character, I guess, is the one that I have the best grasp on what motivates him, Money. right? Money. Yeah, he's like, I want to tow this. He's got a cargo tug up or a, a cargo, you know, skiff, freight thing behind him. This is where we don't know our nautical shit 
for nothing on the Saturday. Yeah, what's the steering wheel called? The helm. The helm. <laughs> there we go. If you've been following our show, we finally figured it out. Um, we will never sure. forget that now. That's right. It's the helm. Uh, so movie called the helm. That's right. We need to know our starboard and our aft and our right. Um, so we're landlocked yeah. here. I mean, give us a break. We never get out on boats. Um, so he's towing this thing because this is the this is the the cash. This is the money, right? And mm-hmm. uh, they drive into a, a typhoon, and yeah. they lose it. And so, well, this is a scene. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's dramatic. <laughs> like there's history. There's 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 shit going on. Okay, well, if there's history going on, tell me anything about any of the characters, how they know each other, what the anything about them. Apparently, they've worked with Donald Sutherland before. At least two of them have. This is uh, William Baldwin. He's in the cast. And uh, the other fellow, I'm not sure. The guy who said he's Cuban later on. Who looks like the low-rent uh, Kevin Pollack. <laughs> that was the best. It's like, I'm not American. I'm Cuban. Yeah, well, you thought he thought they were Russian, okay, right? Squeaky. squeaky. Right, there you yeah, go. I remember Squeaky. squeaky. Yeah. Uh, they had worked with him before and hate working with this guy. You know, Donald Pleasant. But, or Donald right, Sutherland. But have, but have done it again for some reason. Yeah. Um, have any of the other of the uh, other crew members like ever worked with this guy before? Like, what's the story here? I think Jamie Lee yes. Curtis has been working with him for a while. There's the the like the co captain or the first mate or whatever he is. I, they said that they've worked together for like 20 years or something like that. I never um, would have oh, got yeah. that out of the would. movie unless he said it. But yeah, that's Marshall Bell. Well, you remember yeah. as the Being gym paranoid. teacher from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. He was also well, in I'm, Total Recall, wasn't he? Uh, uh, yeah. And, and uh, Starship Troopers, where he plays a similar character. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. What I was confused about is Jamie Lee Curtis's role because she—I'm getting she's like she's a the, navigator, Colin or uh, Holly. She says it. She's the navigator. <laughs> she's okay. a navigator. I don't know what that means. Yeah, because uh, I'm getting because I get like the strong like like moral scientist vibe from her and i'm like how does that fit in with a with a crew she's an advocate would you say she has a strong moral compass i'm full of them tonight (laughs) she reminded me of uh, numi rapace in prometheus Mm. as being like i'm gonna be the like conscious conscience for like the rest of the crew because they're bankrupt like morally Yes, but it conflicts with me being a scientist, you know, which Mm -hmm. is a trope in these types of movies that I don't really understand. No, not at all. I don't get it at all. The only the only part that I thought like they were trying to back up her motive is when she talks about how her dad was a military man. And I'm like, okay, so what does that have to do with anything at all? Yeah, means she knows maritime law. Holly, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> That's about it. So she can pull that out at a plot point and go like, I know that you can't, you know, whatever, the salvage on this vessel isn't going to work out or whatever. Yeah, um, right. yeah, it doesn't work out for those people on board. They can't claim it. Yeah, I mean, I got to admit, I don't know anything. I've watched the whole movie. I don't really know anything about her. I think she's supposed <laughs> to be the Ripley of this movie. I think we're supposed to have a little bit this of is very aliens. aliens. Yeah, mm-hmm. deja vu. There's a couple of things in here, but probably aliens you figure is like the big, uh, like uh, keystone. I think so. Cause woods and the, uh, I forgot his name. The black guy roam around the bowels of the ship. Like, um, 
You're Richie. So Richie. Yeah, Richie, who, who's yeah. also Mason um, at some point. Richie Mason. Um, yeah. Richie Mason. Um, Maybe it's, it's Mason Richie. That's the Yafet Koto. Um, and Brett of the Alien. Dean Morgan. Yeah, Dean Morgan combo. Yeah. We get a Newt. Uh, basically, Joanna Newt. Pacula gets yep. to be the Newt uh, character. Uh, she's found hiding on the ship later and warns them of the danger. Basically, these, these people who are uh, on this tugboat experience a uh, typhoon. They lose their cargo, and so then it's like, well, what are we going to do? We're out here, and we need to, you know, there's almost a mutiny uh, setting up the dynamic, I guess, that maybe goes nowhere between uh, Donald Sutherland's maybe Irish sea captain, because he's got an <laughs> accent, maybe uh, pointing a gun at, it, at Billy Baldwin. Yeah, if you're just on the sea for a long time, do you just develop that accent? <laughs> like, I think that's what happens, right? Like, uh, 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 what's his name? From the lighthouse. Oh, uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to go with Quint from Jaws, but maybe that's where you just have same to deal. Go with same the, deal. Um, I was thinking the sea captain from The Simpsons. Yar, yar, matey. Yeah, that maybe it does. Um, all that salt. It's a salt wind and all that stuff. I think um, so. It warps your it warps your tongue. Yeah. All that salt. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Well, I think um, it's isolation madness too. That could be isolation <laughs> madness turns you Irish. I think so. You know how uh, we've been isolated for a while. I've been just walking around going yar. It's fun to do. I've become a bit more British day by day. Right. He's just yelling yar. Are you yelling cat. your cat too? Oi! <laughs> wow. Well, um, I'm going a little nuts. The. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a there, so this opening is extremely dramatic. I think this is because uh, we're dropping into a movie. We've had our cold open dramatic middle of the storm sequence where shit's exploding and well, or sinking. And, you know, the engine room has been flooded and we're sinking and we got people pointing guns at each other. Nobody trusts anybody. And, you know, who your factions are. Actually, I don't. I do know that the two guys you're talking about had some prior history. Um, but I don't know, like, you know, uh, if they're setting, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis up to be like the Ripley of this movie, it kind of like just some type of military background beyond my dad was an admiral, uh, you know, something that says that she's capable of, of doing some of this, but that, that wasn't there. None of them, even Billy Baldwin. I'm like, was he supposed to be like a marine or in the navy or something an ex like are these just all merchant seamen one of the guys uh cliff curtis is in this movie ladies and gentlemen cliff curtis but you may not recognize the name but he's been in goddamn every movie ever made including the meg you've seen him in like four or five things at least yeah what would he he's most famous for well he's in dr sleep we said recently mm-hmm. cliff um, curtis with the with the luscious locks yeah, he's got long curly hair in this movie. Long curly hair, and he's Hawaiian. Apparently. He's in the Fast and Furious movies too. Yeah, he's been in everything. Yeah, you would recognize is his it, face if you saw him. Is he on the wall yet? Uh, uh he was in. Um, hold on, I looked it up while we were watching because I'm pretty sure he is. Um, so he is in this. Obviously, mm-hmm. what was the other thing we mentioned? We did the Meg. The Meg. The Meg. So that's two. Did you guys cover Sunshine? No. No. Dang, because he's in that. Um, I didn't realize he was in 10,000 BC. Ugh. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's a terrible movie. Yeah, it, 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 you guys only spoke English in 10,000 BC because in that movie they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not Apocalypto. It's the Apocalypto ripoff <laughs> by Roland Emmerich. Where they speak English. <laughs> Apparently, he's going to be in the next four Avatar movies. See, oh, Colin, there you Avatar go. Movie? Hey, I li- okay. They haven't seen Avatar, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You can believe it. None of them have actually seen it. It's amazing. It's like the highest nope. grossing movie in the world. Nope. I'm the only person sitting here who's seen the movie. Um, but I brought him <laughs> I think up he because needs one more to get on the wall. One more. Okay. Well, okay. we can probably wait. Make did you guys do happen. Deep Rising? No, we haven't done that yet. He's in that too. <laughs> <laughs> the linchpin. <laughs> That's funny. And the Meg. Type so this up? is the guy. If you're doing the like scientific research vessel out in the middle of you know whatever the monsters, you, Cliff Curtis. He's your guy. <laughs> Producers call him they, up. They really missed out in Deep Blue Sea, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he? In, why isn't he in that one? Um, right. Well, that was around this same time too, right? There's like a theme going on here. Yeah. There's kind of nautical horror movies with a science uh, facility going to shit. This is probably all. Well, when was the? Well, the abyss was like eighty nine. That was when you had the eighty nine, um, I think. Yeah. Well, that was the year of the three of them, right? Leviathan, Deep Star Six, and the Abyss. And we just had one in the theater this year before the the clampdown underwater so this is still a genre that's still going on um but i mentioned him because like his character i don't have a grasp on because uh he can't swim which you think a guy on a boat like this is going to be a prerequisite that they check out before you get on the boat wasn't that a thing in the meg though too wasn't there someone who couldn't swim in the meg I um, forgot most of that movie. Uh, I think there was somebody. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like a butt of a joke at some point, and then so it no, actually it was like, like the black guy. Out. Yeah. Hmm. Probably. That's all I remember about the Meg. Well, <laughs> I feel like we're discovering a lot of uh, boat movie tropes here today. Yeah, this is like a subgenre <laughs> that we're going to have to explore. The, uh, I mean, is that what we're calling? It? It's just the a boat movie genre. That is. I did that on purpose. Cut it down. It's done. Go home. Good night. It's not going to get better than that. We are home, Sean. We are home. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, this is like, well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose you could group the space movies, you know, haunted spaceship movies in there, too, with this. But yes, most of them, for budget reasons, take place on a boat. This one, I think they actually did, like, uh, wasn't it a derelict boat or something that was going to be sunk by the U.S. Navy or Russian Navy? What was it? Yeah, they pulled it. uh, I think it was the U.S. Navy. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they pulled it out of wreckage and restored one side of it because they couldn't afford to do all of it. That's why we only see one side of the ship. Right. That's smart thinking. We're only going to see this side on camera, so paint this side. Um, yeah. But and so, they did end up sinking it, I think, in like 2009 or something like that. Oh, they did sink it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You don't sink it. You scuttle it. See, look at that. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ah, Maritime over here. Oh, you you scuttle it. Right. Nautical book near you? <laughs> Um, oh, are you reading Old Man in the Sea right now? <laughs> well, this movie, actually, maybe this is a good time to uh, mention the screenwriter of this film. I think he pronounces his last name Farrar, P.F. Farrar, Chuck Farrar. Chuck Farrar is a comic book uh, author slash novelist slash screenwriter. 
he actually wrote this movie as a um, as a comic book for Dark House Comics, and so I believe that he is on. Um, he wrote a lot of Dark Horse uh, movies that got made. I don't think he did The Mask, but he did Barbed he did Wire. Barbed Wire. He did, he did Barbed Wire. He did The Jackal, and he did Hard Target. He did Dark Man. Yes, yeah. he did Dark Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he also wrote. Navy Seals, which is the Charlie Sheen, Michael <laughs> Bean, Bill Paxton movie, Navy Seals, because guess what? Chuck Farrar was a Navy Seal. He was actually, uh, like, I, I was looking this guy up. In 1983, he witnessed the uh, the Marine barracks bombing in Beirut. He was there. Uh, apparently, he was one of the Seals that was responsible for the capture of uh, Abu Abbas, or Abu Abbas, if I'm pronouncing it right. Palestinian okay. Liberation Organization guy who uh, uh, hijacked the Achille Laro, killed uh, this disabled Jewish-American guy, Lin, uh, Leon Klingenhofer. Klinghoffer? They threw his body overboard. Then he sought refuge in Iraq with uh, Saddam Hussein. And Chuck Farrar was one of the guys who, who got it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. And this guy... So, and then he so retreated was, to Hollywood. This was before he turned into my dad, right? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Then he came back, started writing <laughs> comic <Jesus> books. Christ. <laughs> and movies. <laughs> so there you go. So now Damn. you know. Navy SEALs, when you watch it, you're like, oh shit, this is like a fucking documentary. I thought that was just a clerk's joke. Who knew? Mm. <laughs> what was the joke? Uh, there's just a line in clerks that's like, do you have Navy SEALs? Oh. And I think I think Scott Motors says it. I don't know. Oh, you got to see. Uh, I haven't seen yeah. Clerks in a while. Yeah, but you can see Navy SEALs. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, Farrar also appears as a counterterrorism expert on uh, TV shows and all that. So uh, yeah, wow, guy's got a resume. And then he wrote yeah, he Virus. Did. I guess he wrote it. <laughs> I heard as a comic book because at the time that he wrote it, he thought that uh, I don't know for the visual effects level of Hollywood movies, yeah. you wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. Yeah, he originally wrote, he started to write the screenplay, and then that's exactly right. He didn't think that they'd be able to pull off the effects yet, because um, it was in, like, um, the comic was published in, like, 92. Um, and then, obviously, eventually, he did write the, the screenplay. I kind of wish it would have been made in 92 instead, because I would have rather seen a bunch of, like, stop-motion claymation stuff. <laughs> like RoboCop 2. Like, I would have rather seen shit like that than what's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is back that in the cool. age when, like, the CG, like, watching this tonight, I'm like, wow, CG actually has come a long way. Well, I mean, we know that, I guess, it has, but, I mean, the composites, maybe that's it. The compositing looks better now. Uh, sure. More uh, photorealistic, more finished, less uh, visible to the eye than it is here. You can clearly tell that the people in the foreground are standing in front of a green screen and the thing in the background is, you know, uh, not actually there. Um, mm -hmm. This is a monster movie. Uh, they find out, of course, once they get on board the derelict ship, uh, they find Joanna Pacula, um, you know, the newt character hiding in a closet. She she pops out of a closet and unloads like an entire clip of a Uzi at them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At close range, doesn't hit like five guys in the room. No, nope, they're really amazing. fast, Colin. <laughs> the bullets? Oh, the guys. I see what you're saying. The guys. Yeah. <laughs> Both. <laughs> As they dive, they jump out of the way. Uh, so we're saying it's a monster movie. Holly, what, um, 
so what is on this ship? What is what is this monster like? Well, this monster does not have a form of its own. It is just a being of energy of some sort, um, and it needs to be harnessed. So it infiltrates the computer system, and from the computer system, it begins to absorb into various robots, and then after it kills the crew, starts to also take on organic matter. There you go. There you go. You kind of make you wonder why it needs the organic matter. Originally, I thought so. So yeah. So basically, the, the it's an in, intel, an electric intelligence. Uh, what was it? Not Randy. What was the guy's name? Rody. Uh, Richie. Richie. Thank you very much. Uh, explains it as lightning that thinks. Right. At some point. Uh, and I always love this, right, in the movies where because you have electricity in your in your computer system, that it, it's able to take over the ship, uh, download. It's accessing our mainframe, right? Is Sean's so favorite. So much mainframe accessing in this movie. Sean's favorite part. Oh, I love mainframes. Your job doesn't have a mainframe in the basement that controls no. all the doors. I have and, quite a collection here, though. I have many mainframes. There you go. Well, you just have the one. That's why they call it the mainframe. It's the one, well, I, but the, the, it doesn't. This, but every place has a mainframe. Yeah, there are multiple mainframes. The mainframe is not the mainframe. Point break, Colin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, it's able to to learn. You know, English. It understands people. It understands all this stuff. So here's what I was getting at when it first. So we do see like uh, because this is a science ship, and they restore the power to the ship. Um, they accidentally turned the robot back on. Apparently, Joanna Pacula had gone around um, cutting all the cables to try and, and eventually powered the ship down, which basically put the robot thing monster into a dormant state, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys come in, inadvertently turn everything back on. So first of all, our first look at it <clears throat> is um, in the uh, like assembly room. Is that what was going on there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a room with a lot of robot, like, you know, arms that, you know, like you see in like car factories or whatever, futuristic car factories, modern car factories. <laughs> futuristic. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and yes. they're, they're building all of these uh, small little robots. Now, here's the, okay, so, so for what this looks like, if I said the word erector set, do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Okay. If nothing yeah. else, just think about the erector set from uh, uh, the Sandlot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 So you guys, you, you guys played with these when you were kids, or what? You built the little robots with the. This would have been better if it, if all these monsters were made out of connects. Hell okay. yeah! That would have been much better. Well, this one's love. They were made from connects. They probably would have moved better, honestly. What year did those <laughs> come out? I mean, are those those are nineties. Those are like a thing in the nineties. That's a yeah. It's definitely a nineties. Yeah. So yeah, the connects were the erector sets of the nineties, <laughs> but they were more so colorful. Good. They were really colorful. Yeah, they were pretty. <laughs> well, they're trying to go with the scary looking erector set looking thing, metal, right? Yeah. yeah, it's all metal. But uh, funny to me, or was it funny to you that like um, all of the initial robots, they look like bugs. Mm. Yeah, they have spiders yeah. and bugs, and, and uh, they have wings. Why is that stuff. always a go-to design? Bugs I feel like creepy. we see that so much. 
Isn't right. It Why don't they like just a... make little people like this big? That'd be terrifying. That would be. Well, you see, like even these uh, guys now are doing these like robot competitions where they're basically building these things for real. Battlebots. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Battlebots and all I that. I love the shit out of Battlebots, man. Oh yeah. Old. I love Battlebots. I was just watching a match the other day. Right. For whatever reason. But Don't you love it when there's so much hype built around a specific battle bot and then they're like knocked out within like, like 10 seconds? Like 10 yeah. seconds. I love it. It's so satisfying. I know. Did you see that actual like mech battle between the U.S. mech and the, the Japanese mech? Are and you talking oh. about the movie Pacific Rim, Colin? No. <laughs> is, right? You'd think that I was, but this not a actually happened. As, uh, not many people know that, but it's uh, actually a movie. <laughs> But this actually did happen. Like I'm saying, it actually did. Ha- like the the Japanese they built giant mech, built this like wearable mech suit. It's like a big ass thing. You got to sit in the cockpit of it. And the Americans were building one at the same time. And so the Americans challenged the Japanese <laughs> to a fight because they're like, well, we got these giant robots. What are we going to do with them? They got to fight. The Japanese guys are like, of course, America. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever. And then it was a pay per view of that. This is, it's now on YouTube a couple of years All right, ago. well, I was going to say, well, then don't tell me who won, because I'm going to go fucking okay, watch I this. Won't. They go I was going like to say, maybe we should rounds. do a bonus episode on this. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do a commentary on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll decide who we think is going to win up front, and then see how it goes. The future is What's right that? now. This is, yeah. We're already there. Like We've real, already had giant fighting robots. Like, was that like Real Steel with Hugh Jackman? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I have a little bit of a tangent about real steel. Do you mind if I tell it real quick? (laughs) You are the only person in the world who's going to have a tangent about real steel. (laughs) Um, So, at my old job, I had this boss. He was a really cool dude, but he was really bad at movie, like, literacy. Like, he was really bad at knowing what movies were called and, like, who was in them and stuff. And (laughs) we were on a flight together and he watched a movie and he kept falling asleep and waking it up. And at the end of the flight, I was like, well, what'd you watch? And he's describing it to me and he's like, it's this movie where like Hugh Jackman's like in Japan and there's like giant robots fighting. And I was like, real steel. And he was like, no, that's not it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's the movie. I like pull it up. I show it to him. He's like, no, that's not it. And he keeps talking. Probably Wolverine. It's Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because of the suit of armor at the, oh, I gotcha. At the end, there's a yeah. giant metal samurai. <laughs> he said a Hugh Jackman movie with giant <laughs> robots, and I was like, that's real steel, dude. That's funny. <laughs> wow. wow. Was that was that his first experience with Wolverine? I, I think he... Well, so, because we worked in, like, you know, film editing and stuff, we had seen the leaked version of uh, the Origins movie that everyone saw before the CGI effects were finished that was really bad. So, like, that was his previous exposure, and then this movie. That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> well, movie robots are, like, uh, I mean, they're a thing, right? I mean, everybody loves a good movie robot, uh, especially if you can design, like, a, a new one that we haven't seen before. Um, I don't know. Did if they for this movie, Colin? Or did uh, they rip that shit off? Uh, what'd they rip it off from, Sean? What, what, what influences did you see? Uh, your favorite movie, Hardware. Oh yeah, there's a lot of hardware in the look of this. A lot of hardware in this movie. Holy shit. Yeah. They all felt like robot versions of Brundlefly at a certain point. Oh true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you're saying that. Yeah. yeah. There's also the Saturn three robot, I think, in yeah. there a little bit. Um 
the eyes somewhere in the nineties that became like a thing. You had the red, um, the red lenses, you know, like and multi-eyed uh, things that became yes. popularized by the Matrix. But I think that comes from Japanese anime or something where you kind of. Oh yeah, a, they did look like the uh, Matrix. But doesn't this this also goes to Michaela? What you were saying this also augments the kind of like the bug um, uh, look of the thing. Right, that it that we're we're playing on the idea that like humans are afraid of bugs, so we keep on. I mean, even the alien itself in the movie Alien looks like a giant bug of some type. Yes, right, uh, right. But this gives it that whatever the multi-eyed thing. So you run into that deal that uh, what's that fear of multi-eyed? That everybody had a problem with what the new iPhone oh, yeah. had it, and they're like, rrr, rrr, it's got too many eyes looking at me. Yeah, Their cameras, hippo uh, hippophobia or something, something like that. Yeah. Well, this thing, um, it. I thought that they were making a nod toward Terminator with the whole, because mm-hmm. uh, basically the robot starts dismantling the people that it kills, and um, okay, so there, there's multiple robots because they're all controlled by a central. Uh, central evil intelligence robot the big one yes. right they were gonna and like the alien queen we're gonna hold that one off until the end right and they are all connected to it now i have a question do you think this was in the script or do you think this was the special effects guys going hey we need cables hooked up to these things to make a move anyway why don't we just make it part of the movie because this must have been their dream come true she's like hey you can build these things and we'll let the cable show you right? don't have to hide That's it true. That's a good point. That's a very good point. See, I didn't understand this at all when they actually addressed it in the movie. Joanna Pacula says that basically she's been going through cutting cables, right? Because that's how yeah. it's communicating. Apparently just through the wires, right? Yeah, um, no Wi-Fi. So all of the... Okay, so is it, but is that what's going on? Because I can't remember when Wi-Fi came into my life, but I'm assuming we're saying that that was not a thing in 1999. <laughs> Wi-Fi technology? No, I don't. I don't no. think it was. Right? Internet it was, was, but not wireless internet. No. Um. In ni- in ninety nine, like cable modem was a brand new thing. Okay. So. Uh, so but it had mean, to be hooked what, up. They, well, we had yeah. radio and RF and all that shit beforehand, and whatever. I mean, that's why I'm like, when did the Borg come around on Star Trek? They had to be like <laughs> mid nineties. I looked it up. It was eighty nine. Eighty nine. That was early. Okay. Yeah. But that's supposed so that's to why be I was the like, future. Wow, this movie's just knocking it off. Yeah, because that's basically what we've got going on here. There's a central intelligence, right, that has a bunch of... The design looks exactly the same. Yeah, it has... Right, because it basically graphs all these people onto itself. So you got, like, a robot that has, like, a human skull or a human head with some skin stretched over its chest area. What the So the point of this is, this is a nod to the Terminator, right? Where it's, like, it's supposed to... So they initially see it as a friend... It looks like a human, and then it unloads on you with its Gatling guns. But even like like the light coming through the eye and the way the thing around the eye on the face was, that's exactly what the Borg looked like. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have uh, some I kind still, of... Like, uh, I still lay claim to the fact that they're, they're uh, uh, ripping off Return of the Living Dead 3. Um, this is definitely Riverman. That's right. <laughs> he was a character who was... Uh, like had a He bunch was the of homeless guy who and, got... Uh, transformed into like a half human half robot thing at the zombie facility yeah for whatever reason they put a bunch of shit on him 
uh, to control him. Yeah. Well, there's uh, so this this alien thing basically wants to kill all humans. Is that um, like an accurate accurate description of its motivation here? Well, it wants them for parts. <laughs> well, what do you the mean? side effect? The side effect is they die. If that's what's, if its mission is to kill all humans, it's being wildly inefficient about this because just being a ship like adrift in the ocean is not a great way of going about that. Okay. Well, well yeah, but that wasn't that's that's the problem he's having. He did not the virus did not expect to be in that situation. But if the virus can control the ship, then what the fuck is it doing? <laughs> well, you're saying well, the, the virus it got it all got shut down by what's her name. Well, you're saying the virus, so this is, um, so the virus of the title is it's a computer virus. That's what we're saying? Correct. No, it's the humans. Oh, it's the human. <laughs> what do you mean, Sean? We are, I mean, the, the virus tells us we're the virus. Wait, explain. It's very, it's very complex. What do you mean it tells us this? It's a very complicated story. <laughs> but well, humans are the virus. Have you not figured that out by now, especially in this day and age? I know the screenwriters are so cynical. It's like human beings are a virus. I didn't even understand it in the context of this movie, right? Where the robot is like, you know, you're the, vi-. it actually says you're the virus. Oh, we have to talk about this virus. fucking scene. Cause this was the greatest scene in the movie. I howled uh, with laughter <laughs> because it was so Same. fucking ridiculous. I could not believe what I was hearing. Okay. Well, tell us about this. What, what happens here? Computer says that it has done studies and that humans are like noxious and selfish and they destroy everything and they have no redeeming qualities. And then it just says in big bold letters on the screen and we hear a voice say out loud, you are virus. You are virus. This is when somebody gets the idea to like, we can talk to it. This calls to mind a scene, identical scene with this virus in uh, in, uh, a sphere. This is the abyss. Well, I was thinking this is the abyss. Oh, this fuck, that's the right. They do it then, too. too. Yeah. This is every sci-fi movie that they're talking to the computer. <laughs> but Sphere, the computer does not like us. it through the computer as well. Yeah. They were chatting with it. Yeah. And, so, in, and in the abyss, they were, it was using, the aliens were using, like, type to communicate with Ed Harris. It's like the same thing. Well, see, this, that's why how this one ups the ante, right? Because it actually somehow uh, comes through the speakers. It actually has, like, a voice. It understands English and stuff. Uh, these computers always sound like, even though they're supposed to, they're sold to us as hyper-intelligent beings from beyond the stars, right? Uh, whenever they communicate with the lowly humans, they sound like complete total morons. Yeah, they're monosyllabic Neanderthals at this point. Yeah, you are virus. You know, well, you maybe. die. Are they Russian too? Yeah, you are virus. <laughs> this, you are virus. I will break you. I would. Yes, I will break you. <laughs> you will be breaked. English? Do you speak English? You know, it's English, so, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Yeah. Um. That's that why they got away. Better. They got away from that with like the Transformers with Bumblebee, right? Like he he gets to just kind of dial in what he's saying, and that becomes an entertaining thing on its own. Back is then, it entertaining? You have the synthesized voice. Is it? 
I don't know. It was for the didn't first he, movie. In the first movie, didn't he use the radio to exclusively speak? Yeah. Yeah. It was the most annoying shit. I mean, uh, fuck those movies. But. <laughs> didn't they make some bullshit thing about like, oh, he doesn't have vocal cords or some shit, so he, right. he has to use but, the radio. It was so right. stupid. Yeah. And we can never fix this. We're automated beings that come from the most technologically advanced planet in the known universe, yet his fucking voice box cannot be fixed. Let's stop talking about Transformers movies. <laughs> but sean there's like five of them we could talk about oh no let's talk about the dinosaur one Ugh. yeah i think there's more <laughs> what than about that. the what about the fact that anthony hopkins is in transformers movies oh yeah I yeah about that yeah i mean <laughs> isn't mark Wahlberg in like two of them yeah yeah but that's that's like par for the course for mark Wahlberg. Sure. anthony hopkins not so much yeah true well, I mean, this, uh, so the robot does communicate with them. Uh, it, it singles out, or Donald Sutherland, basically, he singles himself out. He's the prime human, he, he tells the robot. And he's going to help dominant, it. Dominant, the dominant life form? Yeah, the dominant life form. Yeah. This guy's got an ego. I mean, that's what you, that's what you do, right? You're I, like, I'd be like, hey, I'm Sean, I'm, you know. I'm all right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not Sean, dominating anything. Sean, well, actually, well, someone well, asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> yes, and that's very true. That's rule number one. Yeah. Although when the when the um, computer asks him, he's like, "Are you the dominant life form?" He never says he is. He just says, "What can I do for you?" Well, I thought oh, he, he said, he, he "Yeah, he typed it in." The dominant life. Form. I am the dominant life, or ever, ever, what was his name? Uh, like Everton. Uh, Everton is the dominant life form. I am Everton. Yeah, there you go. He's identifying uh, himself visually to uh, the thing, and so yeah, he goes sure. and talks to it. Of course, it ends up uh, 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 sucking him in, you know, and making him basically its prime avatar for the climax of the movie. Well, after he goes <laughs> to the lair. And is greeted by a doorman, which you guys laughed out loud at other parts. This got me. <laughs> he, he pulls over his jacket and he's like, uh, I'm, the, I'm the captain of the Sea Star. And the thing goes, Ugh, and just opens the door for him. It's the funniest shit. The big like, okay. uh, robot just standing there. Yeah. Yeah. It's great What's stuff. Butler? Well, I mean, what? You got the robots are taking over the ship. They're everywhere. So, but yeah, I guess that's a thing. So they have to be. We were saying before, all the cabling is so that they can be connected to the main, uh, the main intelligent, um, you know, the brain, right? For lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, you know how like in Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine's kind of like on the claw machine thing with the cables hanging behind him. That's all oh. the creatures in this movie. <laughs> but I don't. What oh, I don't shit. understand is, uh, at one point they they cut the cable. Right, in order to do an autopsy on one of them, try and figure out what it is. Right, your your thing scene or whatever, and um, they they cut open its brain, and in its brain they find what they say is a power source in there. So, like the thing does have the ability to be autonomous. It's just not connected to the hive mind if it's not plugged in with a cable. Is that what I'm getting out of this? I guess. So now imagine. This is your monster. Your monster has to be connected by a, a cluster of cables all throughout the entire ship in order to be able to communicate with all the other, uh, you know, robots on the rest of the ten the cable tendrils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we haven't really talked about here. I mean, we're talking about uh, Donald Pleasant or Donald Donald Sutherland and Joanna Pacula, right? But we're not really talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and William Baldwin. 
Who are the right, heroes the, of our movie? The stars of the movie. Well, the stars. I feel like they're not in it that much. I, I know. They're not doing too much, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, Billy what, Baldwin's not doing shit, man. Maybe if they had affected an accent in such as Donald Sutherland's, we'd be okay. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Their characters don't do anything to advance the plot. I mean, basically, it just becomes, it's more of an ensemble drama, and they're the two that are the luckiest. I wouldn't even say the most capable. They're just the luckiest by virtue of the screenplay to be able to survive all the way to the end. And because other characters uh, do that whole selfless sacrifice, you know, kill themselves so you can escape deal, that happens a number of times. Um, Mm -hmm. But why their lives are more important than anybody else, I I don't know. (laughs) No. uh, It's like, you've got the key to whatever, and you have to survive. And that's the stakes that you need, right? There's only one seat, it's for you. I'd be like, get the fuck out of that chair. Like when they're when they uh, uh, they get the their distress calls answered, and they're like, "No, we can't talk to them because there's a chance the thing will get off the boat." Fuck that! Call that boat over here. Get it here. I'm getting <laughs> off this boat. I don't care what this thing does. It's somebody else's problem. Get, how, I'm not dying like, for this. How do they think that would even happen? Wouldn't it have to like plug into the other ship's mainframe for that to be possible? Uh, well, the thing apparently. It wants to get off because there's a there's a whole world out there. It wants to plug right. into and yeah. But if it has to stay connected, how is it getting off? Well, maybe it can go back to lightning form and like jump over to the other boat. Or the but it hasn't the, done that so far. All we've seen is that it's contained to this one boat. I would take yeah. my chances. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Send a, send a small lifeboat over, you know, if nothing else. Yeah. Fuck it, drive right up to the side of it. I'll just jump off and I'll be done. Isn't the giant robot monster thing that appears at the end after the Donald Sutherland, uh, you know, drone is killed? Isn't that like the contained? Isn't that the big bad? I mean, if he jumped to the other ship, mm-hmm. he's take that he is the that is the monster, right? I think, I think yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, well then that's how. Yeah, that's how. So they got to prevent that thing from getting off the boat. The only way to do that is to dunk it in water, and that means sink the ship. Um. This, of course, well, Donald Sutherland didn't want that to happen because he wants the, whatever, the $300 million that the ship will bring on the open market as a salvage. Um, yeah, he's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his actions are insane throughout this movie. Although we find he's pretty much an insane person this whole time. Right. Well, Richie but also it- goes insane. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, <laughs> Uh, he all of a sudden goes off, dresses like a robot. I actually thought, like, at one point I was like, wait, did he get, did he get assimilated? Or is he just, he's got like, you know, cabling and all that stuff all over him? Like, yeah. what's he, what's he doing? He's a, he's a military man. It's camouflage. Well, that's a smart move. Yeah. So he is military? Apparently. Yeah, he said he was military. Okay. Yeah. I, think he said, I think Navy, I think. Okay, well, then that would make sense. I'm yeah, telling you, these characters the Navy, are ciphers. Yeah. You, you, I mean, like, how do you have to kind of intuit this stuff almost to try and <laughs> figure out who they are? Um, they there's a series of explosions. The movie ends with a bunch of explosions and action scenes. Uh, how do they try to kill it the first time? Was that they try and, they try and flood a uh, flood it with fuel and then blow it up? Oh, and there's a bomb. They make a bomb. Was that the Joanna Pacula uh, sacrifice there? No. Uh, after it finds their 15 minute bomb, then she sacrifices herself for whatever reason. Yeah. It's at, at one point, Richie tries to shoot it with a rocket launcher, too. There you go. 
Chekhov's rocket launcher. It's introduced very early on when everybody's running right. around this place with the, the entire armory of the Russian ship. I love All right, Pacula throws one of those grenades in, into him and blows it up. Yeah. Yeah, because so she's a in one. a room with a whole bunch of uh, like uh, gas canisters, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the whole thing explodes. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is, uh, sur- uh, survives this. Because that's right, Jamie Lee Curtis at some point gets captured by the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and strung up, you know, hangs her up, and basically then you know, like, you know does the whole um, what are the torture of Han Solo at at, uh, at Bespin? You're gonna burn something by your face? Unless yeah, you tell me where the detonator is. Right? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Tom. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> the fact that this thing wouldn't know these things, it's got cameras all over. Like, isn't it a part of the system, and it can whatever. Yeah, I want to know where think. Yeah. Uh, and then these, but that attempt fails, even though it seems to blow it up pretty goddamn good. Then they have to deal with the Donald Sutherland. That right? Isn't that when Donald Sutherland comes up and he's got that little monocle that we love so yeah, much from movies like. The, yeah, the little visor on his eye. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It flips, they it deal flips with, in. They deal, with him, they deal with him before the big bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. They burn him with thermite, right? Yes. Then they deal with the big bad. They didn't kill the big yeah. bad. So now we're down to our last uh, two people. Uh, this is Jamie Lee Curtis and William Baldwin. They remember, of course, that there is a uh, rocket escape. It's not a shuttle. Seat. Rocket yeah. escape yeah, it's, seat. It's, it's an ejection seat. <laughs> yeah. This is great. So uh, it was rigged. It but it had to be rigged up. Richie yeah. rigged this up, right? This is part yeah. of Ricky, a, Richie's a rocket-powered ejection <laughs> But then, see, when this was, as the movie was moving toward this moment, because of course you have like the, the, the it's like a torpedo or a rocket tube or something that they're going to shoot themselves out of. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, I remember somebody coming out in a water ski and like an explosion behind them. Is that this? And I'm like, that's Deep Rising. Yeah, there's a sea-do in Deep Rising. Right, yeah. <laughs> And this is you're right. This is basically the same movie, right? I mean, yeah. for the beats, the beats of this movie are the same, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure someone almost dies on a ship uh, 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 in in Deep Rising, and then shows back up later. Yeah, it's all the same beats. Yeah, this is just what you did. Um, so then, uh, but they do have to like pull another uh, explosion. This is the big explosion. I think that's maybe, even though Joel Silver didn't produce this movie, it's the hallmark, the whammy chart. You have to, you have to kind of, you have your big explosion. You follow that up with your bigger explosion. Did they actually yeah. blow that ship up like for real, or was that a model? Uh, it was a model. Uh, I was gonna say that felt modelish. Okay, that was a model. But it was decent. It looked good. It was decent. It I good. wanted I wanted one more big explosion. Yeah. Like you always get the explosions and then you get the one at the end that destroys the entire ship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I wanted one more explosion where the whole thing goes up, but that was pretty decent. You need that one like Holly, the, the barn and the wraith. Do you know what yeah. the budget on this movie was? <laughs> I do. The budget was seventy five million. Jesus. Holy shit. Jesus. Do you want to know how much? $99. Yeah. Do you want to know how much it made? $25. $30 million. $25. $30 million. Oh, yeah? 
That's uh, like 30.6 or so. Yeah, just over 30 million now. So what did, I mean, did you look up, I mean, what was that, you know, what it was attributed to or did it open against something or did people just didn't care? Um, it was supposed to be a summer release and then they changed it to a January release. Ouch, and the dumping there, ground. And um, Deep Rising had already come out and that didn't do well and everyone was getting the same vibes and there just wasn't an interest for this movie was sphere sphere was also the year before right there was 1998 i mean sphere's poster and the poster for virus look very similar yeah um it just does not look all that good they all look like they look like alien clones based on the advertising so Mm -hmm. i mean i can see that people are just like yeah okay it's gonna be one of these you know there's nothing, there's no characters that, you know, it's just you have star marquee value, but you really don't have, like, there's nothing to these. You've seen it before, yeah. you saw it yeah. done better. Yeah. Um, I think it was the word of mouth that this is not a fucking space movie is what ruined it for people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. That's how Sean's going to be selling it to everybody that he knows. It's not a fucking yeah. space movie. It's not a fucking space movie, and I know what you were thinking. It's not. Yeah. Well, this Do you movie, guys feel like some of the effects looked like like 10 years older than when this movie actually came out. I feel like the effects, like the way they moved specifically, the like animatronic nature looked like some fucking like Chuck E. Cheese band shit. It looked like some Johnny Fox stuff. Yeah. Now, honestly, I didn't have a problem with the actual effects. I mean, whether they look like they're from this era or not, like I'm pretty much good with, Almost everything that happened in this, even the CGI really effects, I was good with. I thought some looked good and some looked really bad. It was yeah. really inconsistent, I thought. I like some fleshy robots. But are you talking, yeah, I mean, the practical stuff, I thought, but you could tell toward the end they were really leaning on the, the, the CGI composite stuff. And then oh, it's yeah. like, it, it obviously, you know, the, the composites don't match. So you're like, well, that looks fake as shit. But the actual modeling and texturing and all that stuff on the robots was like, eh, okay, if it was by itself, you know, if this was in a... It's more just the way they move for me. It's so herky-jerky. Everything looked like it, you could kick it over, you know, so it didn't seem very <laughs> threatening. It does feel like uh, like Runaway. Like mm-hmm. all those. Yeah. <laughs> very runaway. much like Runaway. That boxy little robot had a gun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. Not too threatening unless it's got a gun. Mm-hmm. That's your, yeah, the Erector Set robots. Yeah. Right. Check what? out our episode on Runaway. That's right. Go back and, and check <laughs> that out. So, unless Sean brings it back to the freak show. So, um, uh, uh, there is a... I um, will, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to check the date on that. I, knew it. Yeah. I think that was only like two years ago, Sean. Yeah, yeah we, I know. We were, I got a while. All here, we were all here for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but there is a fake out ending, which is another uh, uh, trope of these movies. Favorite part. <laughs> so stupid. What happens? Uh, they're all on like pieces of the shipwreckage floating, and Jamie Lee Curtis goes over to like check to see if Cliff Curtis is still alive, and she like shakes his shoulder, and he turns to look at her, and like half of his face is like he's like Two Face from Batman, it's like half taken off, and um, and then he like lurches like towards her, like he's gonna attack her, and then it smash cuts to her like waking up. It was that not the whole thing, but just that part with Cliff Curtis was a dream. Did were you scared? 
Did it get you? No, I thought I was like, I, well, okay. I went through a lot of emotions really quickly. Cause at first I was like, oh no, they're going to do that. Here we go again ending. And then it was like, no, it's worse than that. It's a fake out <laughs> dream. And I was like, uh, at first I was like, fuck this movie. And I was like, double fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, I thought that, you know, like you pull up the one side of his face is all mangled. Then they pull up the next side and he's a robot, but that never happened. Right? It was just kind of like, nope, it was a fake out dream. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so. the better choice, filmmakers. And then it's Jurassic Park. We're on a helicopter <laughs> flying over the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Never, never with the sunset behind you. Always the sunset in front of you. Because I mean, yeah, always yeah. flying towards the sunset. Uh, yeah. Sir, pilot, the uh, land is back that way. But look at that fucking sunset <laughs> <laughs> going for it. Yeah, beautiful. No, it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of work. But you're probably curious after listening to us talk about it, now that we've just watched it, would we recommend that you watch it if you're still on the fence? Is Virus a movie that you need to see? We'll tell you what, listener. We're going to let you know. But first of all, we're going to read some of your mail. And to do that, we're going to need the assistance of our mailman, and his name is Igor. Igor, bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor. Igor, are you related to anybody? Like, this seemed like some pretty gnarly looking dudes in there that you might know. Like, you friends with anybody in this one? Do we know he's not a robot? Like there, there might be parts. There might be parts of him in that movie. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, they were in the movie. Then we got him. We put him together and brought him back to life with a little bit of lightning that thinks for itself. Has, no. Are we like he hasn't grabbed anyone and tried to make something out of them? Has he? Like, are we sure? Have you, when's the last time you checked his basement? Well, that I mean, only happens on Colin the weekends. Right Have now. you cleaned his stall lately, Colin? <laughs> I don't go in there. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, so that's a good point. We have not see, seen Igor in person in, you know, a while now. So it's been a while. Who they knows could be building some what shit. he's off doing. Yeah. Well, we'll tell you what, listener, if you want to join the Freak Show family, we hope you'll do. We, uh, you can email, or sorry, you can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook. Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. You can follow along on Twitter. At Sat Freak Show. You can email us. Yahoo.com. And you can also follow along on Instagram for the time of your life. Grant Parrish writes in about virus and he says, are you guys okay at the freak show? Is quarantine hitting everyone a little hard? And we, we all cry out for help in different ways. You don't have to do this to yourself. Your listeners <laughs> will love you and tune in. If you watch good <laughs> movies as well, as we mentioned earlier, we're all going a little crazy. Yes. So, <laughs> Uh, Travis Legler says, I don't hate this movie, but I know others do. And I love it. It's not a bad waste of time for the special effects. Some are enjoyable. The story is so, so, but overall, it's not a bad way to be lulled into a nap on the couch. Some Sunday afternoon. I can see myself watching this hungover. Is that a glowing review? It's a movie that'll help you sleep. The cure for insomnia. Is the movie virus? See, I'm trying to, you know, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Nick Siebel writes in and says, I remember actually seeing this in theaters. That's the only recollection I have of the movie. Uh, He has no (laughs) other comment or opinion. I guess the movie sucked that much. He says we should enjoy it. Um, Michael Whitaker says he only watched it once, 
but from what he can remember, everyone seemed perpetually damp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So many, so many rashes after they got off filming this movie. And uh, Sean Roger, after hearing that we were watching Virus, he said, oh dear. <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, we watched a movie called The Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, Feline Fatale said, uh, 2010's The Wolfman owes a lot to this film, as well as the original Lon Chaney Jr. one. Like you guys said in the episode, Benicio Del Toro's whole look as the Wolfman was much inspired by Oliver Reed's in Curse of the Werewolf. Plus, Benicio even had Reed's hairstyle. It was like Benicio Del Toro was the love child of Oliver Reed and Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, because yeah, he, 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 he had the snout in the new Wolfman, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yep. um, Jacob Laws. I like that Colin looked up. To look at the action figure. <laughs> I was checking him. Like, yep, he's got, he's got the snout on there. Yeah, I think everybody I'm says... The listeners who can't see you. He did look up at it. <laughs> it's because of the, the white uh, shirt. Right? Is that the thing? Because the, the, the Wolfman, the 2010 Wolfman, uh, is not yeah. a silver. But, uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, Jacob Laws says, I can also see where Rick Baker took inspiration for his Wolfman design. Uh, Peter Gadd about Oliver Reed says to me, he'll always be Athos from the three Musketeers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember it, but before Superman movie, the Salkinds, right? The producers that got famous for that did the three Musketeers and the four Musketeers. I think that was their big, like, we'll do two movies and then we'll cut it in half. And then they didn't pay their actors for two movies and there's lawsuits and all that stuff. Uh, it was one of those. Bullshit. Cheap uh, bastards. Simon Carter said Oliver Reed had a house about five minutes away from where I live. There's several local pubs that have a plaque on the wall commemorating the date that he was barred from the establishment. He would get hammered. He would get hammered. He'd climb up the chimney from the inside and piss off the roof of the pub. Seemed like a solid dude. Oh, that's funny. I'd like to request that more listeners tell us about celebrities that live or hang out in their hometowns. Yeah. Yeah, more, more so the bar records they hold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if you want to hear our stories about the legendary drunk of uh, Oliver Reed, you got to listen mm-hmm. to our Curse of the Werewolf episode. Uh, Rusty Ryan writes in and says another great episode and or another great and enjoyable episode from everyone on Curse of the Werewolf. I'm very par- partial to the Hammer line because I saw many of them during their original theatrical releases in the '70s. Uh, in the Devils. Uh, so the devils is a movie with Oliver Reed that we mentioned on the show. He says, Oliver Reed easily gives his best performance as a less than pious priest who experiences an actual spiritual awakening as he's tried as a heretic. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave is absolutely mesmerizing as a frustrated hunchback nun obsessed with Reed who masturbates with a charred femur bone. Do I have your attention now? Yeah, I'll watch movie. this movie. All right. Yep. Let's watch it, guys. That's right. You had me. You had me at not exactly pious uh, uh, reverend a or whatever. Nun. Uh, but a hunchback nun. <laughs> hunchback nun. And it's yeah. Vanessa Redgrave. The The Devils yeah. is the movie that was banned by the Catholic Church. I think right. Warner Brothers yeah, yeah, made yeah. an agreement with them, which must be why. still been be in effect because you cannot find a legitimate copy of that movie, at least in the states. So even though it was on yeah. Shutter a little while ago for like a couple months. Shudder at it, so yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the most exciting part of our episode, where we're going to go around the table. 
the virtual table, the virtual round table, and tell you what we thought of tonight's movie, Virus. We're going to start with Michaela. Michaela, what did you think uh, about the Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Sutherland star? And there's a bald one in there, too. Uh, what did you think of Virus? Um, I mean, I knew nothing about this movie going into it. I didn't really look up anything about it. I was a little concerned it was going to be like a pandemic contagion movie. And I was like, I emotionally can't deal with that right now. Um, So I was relieved that it wasn't that. Um, (laughs) But like this story is something you've seen a million times. This is aliens, the thing, the abyss, anything we've named for dummies. You know, this is like, oh, oh, the thing is too complex and too dour for you. Well, let's strip it down and make it stupid and like here, put it on a boat. Just watch this. It's <laughs> it's nothing you haven't seen before. So I'm a little torn because like I don't think it has a lot of redeeming qualities, but I also laughed a lot watching it. <laughs> like I and it moves at a good clip. It does have a good pace. Yeah. I don't didn't feel any major lulls in the like plot or anything. Um it's a shame that like Jamie Lee Curtis is in a movie and I think she's like completely forgettable. Um, I don't necessarily think that's her fault, but like the, you look at the cast of this movie, you look at like the time it came out and it's like, it should be a guaranteed hit. And I think all the people that are in it, I can see why they agreed to do it. You know, I can see why they thought it was going to be successful. Like this thing had been done so many times before. Why wouldn't it work now? I think they also expected the effects to look a lot better than they probably did. Um, I, I think I gotta say no on it. I, it's not a hard no. I don't hate this movie. It didn't offend me. We've obviously watched way worse stuff, but it just, it's so stupid. The characters are so stupid. The dialogue is like the most rote, dumbest shit. Like I was cackling at some of the stuff they were saying, like the people that are in it that are good actors aren't really given a lot to do to make it worth your time. So I think I got a pass, but it's like, it's a light pass. I, like I said, I don't have any ill will towards this movie. If you want to watch it, that's fine. But I, I don't think, I feel like there's a lot of other things, especially now in quarantine that would be better served with your time. So. Is that, is that the overall um, thing hanging over these? It's like in quarantine, you could do better. So. I mean, yeah, I just don't think that like, I don't think I'll remember anything from this movie going forward, you know? All right, with Colin. Oh, there you go. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, Sorry, I Cat was being an asshole. I'm pretty much on board with that review. That's pretty much it. It's like I don't hate the movie. Um, it's just uh, I you have seen every single piece of it done somewhere before. It doesn't bring anything really new to it at all. I see it as you know, it's a playground for a visual effects guy to do visual effects, but like. I don't know. I, I you kind of hope that you know if, you, if that was you, you'd choose a uh, a different project. Well, you don't want to be pit off either. That was the guy who did the uh, the, the visual effects for like uh, City of Lost Children and Delicatessen, and he graduated to Hollywood and made Catwoman. So you don't want to go that way either. Who's like? A, is there a visual effects? Check out guy? our episode on Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there are. There's like tons of visual effects guys who go on to make uh, films. Uh, this is, I mean, it, it didn't do anything for, what's his name? John Bruno? Was it? Yeah, John yeah. Bruno. Yeah. Um, I know Jamie Lee Curtis, apparently, the story was she tried to get him fired off the movie because, uh, you know, <laughs> it wasn't moving along correctly or whatever. Probably because he was more in love with the, what he was doing with the visual effects than anything. Um, yeah. She was she was really lobbying for Steve Miner, but he was busy on Dawson's Creek. 
Steve Miner, she had just worked with the Weren't previous year on uh, Halloween uh, H2O, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, so, okay, so my, my impression of it was that this is a movie that low-budget filmmakers try to make now. When you see, like, uh, all these guys making these, like, direct-to-Netflix or, you know, they, they make a movie... Uh, you know, a local regional movie and then try to sell it to like a video company for distribution. Somebody picks it up. Only this one has a budget, but it feels exactly like that. This is like a fans, uh, you know, uh, haunted spaceship movie. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, he got to do his version of Alien or The Thing or, you know, any of those that uh, you're talking about. And I really didn't think that Underwater was all that. And now after watching this, I'm like, I want to go see Underwater again because, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, it was it was a lot better <laughs> than this. Um, yeah, uh, the characters are just uh, non-existent. Uh, the only two, like I said, that made an impression were Donald Sutherland and Joanna Pacula. I'm not saying necessarily their performances, uh, just their characters. It's like I knew who they were and what their motivations were, and everybody else is just kind of running around. Jamie Lee Curtis is wasted. Uh, William Baldwin is he wasted? I don't know. He, I think this was at the end of his leading man career. You know, did that get going with? Um, it seemed fair like, game. Uh, that was that was before <laughs> this and after backdraft. I was trying to think like what was yeah. before backdraft. Backdraft uh, is the first thing I think of. Yeah. yeah, same. But there must have yeah. been something that they decided like he would be good as a lead in a movie, and then he had a string of movies, and I think Virus was at the end of it. And uh, I did actually just see him recently. He was in that Nicholas Winding Refn show on Amazon, uh, Too Old to Die Young. So he's still out there, still working. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, long story short, I think I'm going to tell you, you can skip Virus. Uh, just go watch one of the movies it rips off. Unless you've seen those a hundred times. And then you can watch, you know, yeah, I was going to say what? Deep Rising? No. Oh, that one's bad, too. Yeah, Deep Rising. Come on. Um, it's got Tree Williams. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, but he's bad. Uh, I know. Jamie Lee Curtis, greater than Treat Williams in uh, in Deep Rising. So I'm going to say you can pass on uh, Virus. Sean, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think we're all pretty much having the same feelings about this movie. Um, I mean, there's a few things I like about it. Um, I like the effects um practical it's um it does kind of get um as far as the effects go though it does just seem like they start out with small versions and then just give you bigger versions of the same thing like Mm -hmm. we get hints of other things like i like the the people that have been repurposed as robots that might have been cooler Mm -hmm. to see more of those um but again it is 1999 you know they're trying um but you know it's uh eh, you know it's just kind of meh just like uh, like everybody else said, it's just it's not the uh, there's not enough there for you to be like I want to watch that movie. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm not angry at it like Michaela said. It's just kind of there, and it's not uh, there's other shit worth watching before you get to Virus. It is down on that list. Um, I would rather watch Deep Rising. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna do a Treat Williams marathon after this. It's like this and <laughs> The Phantom, basically, because he's great in The Phantom. And he's Dead Heat. The, he's, he's the yeah. bomb. Dead Heat the rewatch. There you go. And Dead, Dead Heat rewatch. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that be like a Baldwin Treat Williams double feature then? If you did the shadow in this. Well, the Phantom. The Phantom. The fan, he's the bad guy. The, the Phantom. Phantom. Yeah. But there you go. I There's always get those one. movies mixed <laughs> up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Phantom's way better. Always. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this movie. It's this movie's dumb. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't like Donald Sutherland. I don't. I don't really like these characters. They're all kind of dumb. 
Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's it's not an offensive movie, but it's also like it, it might have been better if it was offensive, because then you might have a reason to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of right now, you don't. You uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on virus. Holly, why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's been in my back pocket for a while, um, and it, it just felt Burning like burning a hole, it was, was it? It just felt like it was time. Um, <laughs> Got to get it out there at some point. Probably because I, I assumed that everyone would immediately think what Michaela was afraid of, that it was going to be like a virus movie, like, you know, break or something. I was like, oh, that's not what we're getting. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. Um, I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. However, I'm in the camp that it's a hilariously bad movie. Like, it's funny. So take it's completely unoriginal. I agree with that. You know, it, it's taking things from movies that are actually good movies. You know, we, we, the abyss, the thing. Like we've we've talked about all the things that it rips off, but this is the hilariously bad version of those movies, and that's why I enjoy it. Like Colin was saying, he was like laughing so hard his stomach was hurting. Like I think this movie's hysterical because it's so terrible. It's so terrible, and it's so much fun to laugh at. And I, I think that the effects are actually really good. I think they're they're uh, I think they play I think they're effective I think like I agree that the CGI obviously in 1999 it's it's not going to be all that great and um we're going to see the discrepancies we're going to see like why it's bad um but I like the practical effects I think they're really good I think it's kind of gross in several parts which I appreciate that it's that effective um so yeah between it having a like Michaela said it moves at a good pace it's not boring you know you jump right into a really dramatic like ship about to go down kind of scene and it's it's really it's kind of exciting um and it does have elements that I really enjoy I think it's so much fun it's so stupid it's the dumbest movie but that's why it's fun and I love laughing at it and I I think it's hilarious it's not going to be a movie I watch all the time but I hadn't seen it in a couple years I was like eh it's time it's so stupid. I want to laugh. So uh, I'm going to recommend it. I think it's fun. And we watch a lot of hilariously bad movies. I don't know. That's what we do. I like it. I'm going to recommend Virus. Well, there you go. That's the final word on Virus. Uh, so next week, that means we're going to be watching a movie that's chosen by... Michaela. Uh, what shall we be watching next week? Well, we're going to continue on to our next stop on this summer blockbuster failure event. Oh, no. <laughs> we're going to revisit a movie that is turning 10 years old this year. Jonah Hex. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Holly, that's why I asked how you felt about Gatling guns earlier. <laughs> that's right. a fair question. <laughs> Jonah Hex. The legendary comic book character brought to life or put the to rest. The minute movie. Yeah, Jonah by Josh Brolin and Megan Fox. So that's yeah. next week. Malkovich. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, yeah, guys, we're gonna take you guys are gonna remember a lot of things you forgot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show, boys, boils and ghouls. Uh, until then, the basement is going dark. <laughs> <laughs>